Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Come on now. Why don't we just praise God? Why don't we just praise God? Come on. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just give you our praises this morning. We want to enthrone you on our praises this morning because your sovereignty is established in this house. Your sovereignty is established in this community. So Lord, be praised, be honoured, be held up mightily by your people, by your body here this morning. Father, help me deliver this word that is your word. Lord, let it fall on good soil, good seed for good soil this morning, Father. Let there be expectant hearts here this morning, an atmosphere of expectation that is the breeding ground for miracles here in this place this morning. Lord, just issue your spirit forth this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints said, Amen. 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 Bro. Just super encouraged already by you, Tanada. It's awesome to preach with you out there in the, in the congregation, my boy. I get up here and I just, whoo, I can feel the fire. And it's the same when I get up here and I look at all your beautiful faces looking back at me. And, you know, it is sex, it's actually just such an honor to be here, to be able to preach the Word of God. Because I tell you what, I have such faith that the Word of God never returns void. I have such faith that each and every person who's sitting in this auditorium this morning has been ordained to be here this morning. I didn't advertise and encourage you guys to come here. The Lord has drawn you out and you're not here by accident. You might have thought you made a decision to come here. You might have thought, oh, it's just happen chance that I'm here this morning. But the Lord always knew you would be gracing that seat this morning. And he always knew that you were meant to hear what he has to say this morning. So what I want to encourage you guys to do is to have a heart of expectation. Expect to hear from God this morning. Amen? Expect to hear from God this morning. You know, sometimes sometimes we can sit there and we can listen to something, but if we're not expecting to get something out of it, sometimes we won't. So I'm encouraging you, whether I speak well or whether I speak poorly, whether the worship hits you in that place or whether it does not, whether your morning went like you planned it to go this morning or whether it didn't, whether your kids were obedient or whether they weren't, you come here with a heart of expectation to see a mighty God do something mighty in your life. Do you know why? Because this God, He set the foundations of the world with His wisdom and His wisdom alone. He set the blueprints of creation. With, with His power, with His Spirit, He took His people through an ocean that wouldn't part for nobody but the Lord, but God Himself. And guess what? He is also the same God who came down to earth and gave His life for you in the form of His Son. He's the same God that knows you so intimately, He can number the hairs on your head. He's the same God that loves you and is so tender with you that He created you in your mother's own womb. And He did not make a mistake, not even once. Not even once. None of that was meant to be in my message, but praise God, you needed to hear it. You're not here by accident. You're not even on this earth by accident. You were not born by accident. You did not come into the family you're in by accident. You are not a mistake. There is nothing broken about you in the eyes of our Lord Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. All right. We're just going to close up now. 
It's all you need to hear. Running with fire. I'm blessed to be able to share on, this is the last of running with fire, isn't it? We've had some amazing messages, and I know um, you haven't seen me here for a few of them. I'll tell you what, my family, we've, uh, we've had COVID, we've had a new baby, we've had flus, we've had floods. Uh, but praise God, we are here. <laughs> and I'm here ready to preach. And you know what the Lord put on my heart for this week? was this one word, and that word was yield. 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 Yield is a funny word in the English language. You see, there's actually two main things that it means. Yield means to submit or to surrender your will to a higher power or authority. We understand that in the context of Christianity. When I say to you, yield, you think surrender. When I say to you, yield, you think lay down something and submit to the will of our God. There's another meaning to yield in the English language, and that is to produce fruit. When you sow, you yield a harvest. I just found that interesting that the same word means the two different things. Because what the Lord was telling me is that to produce fruit in his kingdom, you need to yield to his spirit. And we've been talking about running with fire. And we've had preachers talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, don't go anywhere until the helper has come and you've been baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit because you need to yield to this power. Otherwise, you're going to go out there and you, you might produce fruit, but it'll be fruit of your own kind without the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to produce fruit of my Father's kind, everlasting, eternal fruit. I'll start my sermon now. My scripture I want to um, bring to you is out of Galatians, chapter 5, 16 to 26. I'm going to mix it up a bit, and I'm going to bring it from the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. In the Passion Translation, it uses this word. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self from dominating you. So there's a battle. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces, someone say incompatible, it means they don't go together. They can't. They're like water and oil. They, they can't mix. They're incompatible. The spirit and the flesh. So then, the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. Your self-life of the flesh, that's what you inherited from Adam. The new creation life of the Spirit, that's what we inherit 
from Jesus Christ. We're born again by the Spirit, and we live in Him, not as changed humans, but as completely new creatures. Amen? Cool. Next slide. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. Soaring above it. When you yield, when you yield, you're not living under dominion. It's so counterintuitive. This is what I love about the Lord. It's so counterintuitive to the way the world thinks. The world thinks if you yield, if someone's trying to get the better of you and you yield, you're going to live under dominion. But in the kingdom, if we yield to the power of the Holy Spirit, we will be soaring above it. Soaring. Freedom. Next slide. The cravings of the self-life, they're obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments. Who's guilty of having senseless arguments? Hey, Senseless arguments. Resentment when others are favored. Some of these you'll be reading and you'll be going, nah, I don't do that. And then some of them... <laughs> You'll be reading and going, ooh, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, can't relate, never had a temper tantrum, angry, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, and Jesus said, even just thinking hatred is akin to murder. You know, our thought life, murder, uncontrollable addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. I'm lingering on this slide a bit longer than is comfortable for some people, I think. You know, but I'm going to keep it up there for a moment because you guys, this is so foreign to you guys. You guys have never seen any of this stuff. You know, but I need to paint the other side of the picture for you. And as we go to the next slide... Everyone breathes a sigh of relief. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? Next slide. Here we go. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all its varied expressions. I apologize to those of us who this is a memory verse and like the New King James Version or NIV or whatever, but this is the Passion Translation of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Divine love from God. Joy that overflows. That means it doesn't just stop at you. Peace that subdues. Peace that subdues. Not conflict that subdues. Not a wrestling that subdues. But a peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Yes, I am patient until I lose my patience. No, patience that endures. Kindness in action. Not just kindness in words. Not just kindness in thoughts. Not just kindness in Facebook posts and Instagram reels. Kindness in action. A, a life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Faith always prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. 
Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. What does that mean? Don't put what you think ought to be done, ought to be right by Christian standards, above these things. If there's ever a conflict between what you think religiously should be right and one of these fruits of the Spirit, God's saying, there's your trumps. These ones are over and above. You know, if we, if we submit, if we yield to the Holy Spirit, we soar above the law. We soar above all, all of that that would drag us down and make us sin-focused, sin-conscious, and focused on the old man. Amen? Awesome. They are meant to be limitless. Let's go to the next slide. It's a long scripture, but it's a good one. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. Praise God. I'm not asking you to kill the old man. I'm just telling you what has already happened by the power of God. And what I'm asking is that you believe that this has happened and that you walk in the new life that has been given to you freely. The new life that has been given to you freely. That old life, it's been crucified with him. We must live in, in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another. For each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. You have your own race to run. You have been created perfectly for what you've been called to do. A prayer that I pray over my kids every single night before they go to bed is, I thank you, Lord, for the calling you've placed over my baby's life. And I thank you, Lord, for the grace that you afford them to walk out that calling here on earth. I encourage you, if all you are seeing is the flesh, if all you are seeing is a wrestling and a battle within you of a trying to do good rather than trying to do bad, the Lord doesn't want you to focus so much on that battle. He wants you to focus on Him because He's doing the battle. He's done the battle. He's won the battle. Amen? And so I encourage you, if this is, if this is a battle that you struggle, take that prayer. You can, it's, I've got no rights over that prayer. You can take it. Use it for yourself. Thank you, Lord, for the calling that you've placed on my life. And I thank you, Lord, for the grace you've afforded me to walk out that calling here on earth. And I'm going to talk a little bit now what that looks like from the perspective of that, um, that yielding nature of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? There are five symbols of the Holy Spirit used in the Bible. We have the dove, we have fire, we have oil, we have wind, and we have water. And as I was reading the Word and, and talking with the Lord about this, He said, look at these five symbols of the Holy Spirit. Look at their nature, the dove. A dove, when you walk towards it, it'll fly out the way, easily shooed, easily, easily scattered. It's, there's not a lot of resistance with a dove. It symbolizes peace. It symbolizes purity. 
we know in the Word, it teaches us that we are meant to sow seeds of righteousness and peace. That blessed are the peacemakers. We are peacemakers. Amen. We walk in peace, not in conflict. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're mighty in God. And I believe one of the biggest weapons uh, that God has given us is that inner peace. Inner peace in every situation. Peace that subdues, as the scripture said. But a dove is not unyielding. When you throw something at a dove, it moves. <laughs> when you walk towards a dove, it moves. But a dove will always find its way home as well. Amen? Yeah. Fire. Fire. If I pass my hand through a flame, I remember my dad used to do this to show off. In the, don't do this at home, kids. But uh, in the fireplace, just, or, or over a candle, you know, and you see people doing it all the time. But when you, when you pass something through a flame, whether it be a stick or a rock or whatever it is, when you pass it through it, there's no resistance. No resistance. It's like vapor. It's like air. But fire is so powerful. A fire refines. A fire is pretty unstoppable in a lot of cases. Yeah? You would agree that it is a powerful element, but there's no resistance. If you try and lean on a fire, you're going to fall in it. You know? There's no resistance. There's no... It's not unyielding. It yields. Yeah? Oil. Oil also is yielding. In fact, it's used, oil is used for when something's seized up and unyielding, oil will make it yield. Amen? Oil will lubricate. Oil also anoints, sets apart people on their, on their walk. You know, um, oil is used to anoint someone, to set them apart, to, to anoint them for their, for their calling and their walk and sit, send them out. There's power in oil. Oil is also a fuel. Also a fuel. It can, it can light a fire within you and keep that fire burning. Amen? And when a wick is doused in oil and lit, the wick doesn't burn, but the oil does. Symbolic of the Holy Spirit in us. Anything we do for the glory of God, we do by the power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, our, our body, our, our mind, our soul, our, everything, that'll start burning up. And we don't want that. We get the Holy Spirit to do that for us. Amen? Wind, unpredictable. Flows, unseen. When uh, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he said to him, in John 3, 8, he said, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Yielding. When the wind hits a wall, it'll just go around it. You can get hurricanes, you've got very powerful wind, and that'll push things over. But wind in itself, air in itself, I'm walking through air right now, it's not stopping me. It's yielding in nature. I'm, I'm just, I really want to illustrate this, the, the, the picture of the Holy Spirit and what it means to walk by the Spirit in water. This is one of my favorite illustrations of the Holy Spirit. Water, when it comes down a hill, when you have a flood or something like that and you see water will, will carve a track down a hill, it, it always carves a track of the path of least resistance. You know, it'll find its way Find the lowest point and it'll go that way. If it hits, hits a mountain or if someone tries to dam it up, it'll swell and then it will find the weak point and it will... It'll, it'll, water will always, always end up at its destiny. 
There is nothing you can do to stop water ending up at its destiny. Oh, but Reuben, you could bottle it and lay it out in the sun and it'll evaporate. Where does it go when it evaporates? Back up there to come for another crack. Water is relentless, but it is not unyielding. I, uh, you've heard my testimony before about a lot of things, and in, in my life I've encountered times where I have been unyielding in nature when God has put something in my way. We can be unyielding in nature when God perhaps closes a door to us, that we were thinking, God, this is the way, this is, this is the way, this is what you called me to do, and you've shut this door. And, and you, you're relentlessly bashing your head against this door that God has closed, forgetting that no door that God closes can any man open. And there's probably a door just next to it that he's opened for you, <laughs> for you to be like the water and flow through that, you know? Things that curveballs in your life. We've got to remember that God, the Holy Spirit, has an eternal perspective. It's like a bird's eye view and then some of exactly how everything is knit together, exactly how everything works. I was talking with Pastor Paul this morning and he was telling me about a testimony and, um, in, in, in his life. And we talked about how the Lord never just blesses someone for just that one blessing. There's always a myriad of reasons why he will move a piece or why, why he'll bring a blessing. You know, you might be praying, you know, um, uh, Ruth's, Ruth's daughter who has been praying for more work, you know, and she received more work. That wasn't just for her. Praise God, she's meant to be in that place. There's another reason God has put her in that place. There's another reason. She doesn't even know it. She probably doesn't even want to know it. But God is going to minister through her. Because she's been sent there. Not just to bless her with more work, but to bless that place with her. With the grace of God. With the favor of God. God said that I will bless those who bless you. Yeah? Favor follows us, believers. Favor follows her. Goodness and mercy chase her down. And the angel of the Lord has gone before her, preparing her way. Amen? Nothing is by mistake. Yeah? And so, for us, you know, I've, I've had times, um, one, one testimony in my life is actually before I was a believer. And um, we were, my wife fell pregnant with Adira. And about 13 weeks into her pregnancy we discovered that she was diagnosed with a fetal heart block and we were told that she would probably not survive. We were told that best case scenario, absolute best case scenario, she will need a pacemaker and she will not be able to live a life that's normal compared to other kids. That's what we were told. She was scanned at the hospital. We were told to go to the Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital. We were living in Australia. We took her there. They scanned her there, told us the exact same thing. You know, they did the whole, we're not going to sugarcoat this, your baby's probably not going to live. Prepare yourself, you know. I wasn't a believer at the time, and I was shattered. This is my first baby, you know, and I was shattered. And I was thinking, this is not the way it's meant to go. It was like, you think, 
the river from the mountaintop, the easiest way would just be to go straight to the ocean, wouldn't it? Has anyone ever seen a river go in a dead straight line from the source to the ocean? <laughs> Except for when man tries to intervene and dig their past, but even then, the river will find the way it's always meant to go, you know? And this was one of those moments in my life where I went, hang on, this, that's not the way it's meant to go. This is bad. My wife, she was in the Lord, and she had this faith. She had the Lord speak to her. My wife said, my wife said to the Lord, what, what am I meant to learn out of this, Lord? I know that Romans 8.28 says you turn all things for the good of those who love you, for those who are the called according to your purpose, but Lord, I don't see the good in my baby dying. And what, and what happened was when we went to look at that scan at the Royal Women Brisbane Hospital, when my wife looked at the scan, she saw nothing but perfection. She looked at the scan of our baby and she saw perfection. The doctors were saying imperfection. They were saying there's a fetal heart block. This doesn't go away. They were saying this never goes away. They're stuck with this. Best case scenario, they'll survive the pregnancy. But my wife saw perfection. And my wife remembered she'd been inquiring of the Lord for weeks. What does it mean to love like you love? What does it mean to love your children, Lord? Because you've called me to love you and love your children. I can love you, Lord. Sometimes I have a hard job loving your children. <laughs> what does that mean, Lord? And the Lord used this as a teaching moment. When you look at that scan and you see your pepe in absolute perfection, that's what I see when I see you in my son. I don't see the scars. I don't see the imperfections. I don't see the brokenness. I don't see the pain. I don't see the, the, who, who, you, who the world has crafted you to be through the trials you've gone through. What I see is my son and my son is perfection. You are perfect in my eyes. And so there was a teaching moment for my wife. And she thought, wow, praise God. And we walked, we went away from there. And um, I won't tell you the exact time because I'll get it wrong. And my wife's not here to correct me on the timing of it. But she did, um, she did then decide to name our baby in faith. She said to me, "Hun, can we call our baby Adira Manawa? And Adira means strong and Manawa heart. She named our baby in faith before we had any prognosis other than bad. So I said, okay. And I thought I was being the strong one. I thought, okay, I'm going to have to pick up the pieces when this all falls apart because my wife, she's delirious. And she's obviously believing in fairy tales right now. And I'm listening to the facts. And uh, this is going to be rough, but I've got to be the strong one here. Yeah, I've got to be the strong one. So I said, okay, babe, yep, she's going to be all right. But little did I know the the true strength was in her faith. And two, two weeks later, two weeks later, you know, actually, we actually went out for a bit of a cunny-cunny that uh, couple of nights later in Brisbane, went to watch a really um, a good friends of ours, one of our favorite bands, and I was there trying to keep everybody away from my happy wife, you know, and she's just dancing, and, and she's like, this is going to get my baby's heart right, you know, and, and she's just living out a joyous life and faith, and I'm sitting there <laughs> stressing out, and... Um, Anyway, so I had, to, I had to fly back to work. I was working in Gladstone, which was um, a flight away from where we lived in Sydney, and I had to go back to work for 19 days because the doctor said, there's nothing you can do. 
There's nothing. You just go back to work and just hope baby's heart rate doesn't drop, because if it does, see you later. And um, so they said, we'll book you in with a pediatric cardiologist, one of the best in the field in Sydney, and um, you'll have regular appointments with him, and he'll monitor baby. So my wife went to the first one of these appointments without me, with with my mother-in-law, and uh, she found herself sitting in this room of all these women, and uh, they all had these critical things wrong with their babies, and and she just sat there and she said, Lord, what am I doing here? I'm not meant to be here. This is, my baby's all good, you know? This isn't me. My, I come from a family of 10. My mum had no trouble with 10 babies, you know? Who am I with my first and I got issues, you know? My sister, she just has millions of babies. My, I come from a baby-making family. There's nothing wrong here. And, uh, and she's asking, well, what's going on here? And then she goes into this appointment with this pediatric cardiologist, and he checks her over, and she, he reads the paperwork once, twice, three times. And he said to her, you must have been going to church because there is nothing wrong with this baby. You must have been going to church, pediatric cardiologist, because there is nothing wrong with your baby. When you yield to the Holy Spirit, you soar above the law. The letter of the law brings death. The letter of the law, the facts of the case, the facts of the matter as they stood, the evidence as it stood were telling me my baby was not going to live. And if she was going to live, she was going to need a pacemaker. They said that the latest we could hold off giving her a pacemaker is till she's six years old. How old are you, Adira Manawahega? How old are you, my honey? Seven years old, shrinking behind the desk. Sorry, darling. Seven years old, my girl is. Seven years old, no pacemaker. They said she wouldn't run and jump and walk like other kids. She plays netball, my girl. She runs around like no one else. She sings, she dances. You've seen her up on this platform. She worships our God. She's serving on the sound desk right now, my girl. She's a walking, talking, living miracle. Praise God. Why? Because my wife would yield to the Holy Spirit. Because my wife would listen to the Holy Spirit. Because my wife lived a life of yielding and understood that when water runs down a hill and hits a mountain, it will just go around it and it will always end up at its destination. When something, someone throws something in front of you in your walk, you know that you are called according to the purpose of a loving God who set the foundations of the earth but knew you by name before He even did it and had a purpose for you and a calling for you and he had things for you to do here on earth and nothing, not nothing, not no one, not anything above or below is ever gonna separate you from the love that will draw you to your destination according to God's will, amen? Not that addiction, not that, not that sin that's, that, that you feel rising up within you, not that anger, not that, not that disappointment, not that anxiety, not that person that's telling you you can't. The Lord says, I will. The Lord says, I will. I will draw you to your destination. And it is not going to look like the straight line you want it to be. It is not going to look as ordered and pretty as you thought. It is not going to be the easy road from your perspective, but it is going to be the road you need from mine. And my perspective, my thoughts are higher. My ways are higher. Amen. Amen? Yield. Live a life of yielding. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. And that's 
running with fire. That is running with fire. Yeah? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And so how are we freed to live a yielded life? Well, praise God, he thought that went up for us too. In Romans 8, 11, 14, it says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to... because if for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What happened when Jesus came 2,000 odd years ago and laid down his life? It wasn't just to show you it wasn't just to show you mic drop. It wasn't just to show you how gracious he was and how merciful he was because he didn't deserve to go to the cross and he, and he did anyway and he gave his life willingly. This wasn't a na 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 I'm showing you how pious I am moved by Christ. This was Christ unlocking something we didn't even see was there. We didn't even understand. We weren't even around to have a say in it. He went to that cross, and he, he went down to death, and he defeated it on our behalf. And with him to that grave went everything that ties us, you and I, to sin. Everything that holds authority over us, according to the law, went to the grave with him. So for us, it's recognizing that that old self that's tied up in, in addiction, that's tied up in anxiety, depression, that's tied up in all of those things that we read were not the fruit of the Spirit. That has been taken to the grave, not by ourselves, not by our strength, not by our might, but by Christ himself. And he did it before we had a say in it. We didn't have a choice. So it's not something you choose it is something that is simply there. But what's more than that? We weren't just freed from all of that. But we were drawn into a new life of absolute freedom. Where those strings are not attached anymore. And we enjoy a new life and abundance in Him that frees us to actually walk in the Spirit. And what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It means to submit. It means to trust. It means to have faith. It means to yield. Yield your old self to the death that Christ took it to. Yield your spirit to the spirit that now dwells in you. You know, sometimes for when, when I first came to the Lord and still in my life, there are areas that I still need to yield more and more, and we'll find that the Lord will bring these up. You won't even know that they're there. 
But like you're sitting here with an expectation that the Lord's going to speak to you, if we walk with an expectation that the Lord is going to draw some unexpected stuff out of us, and we're able to yield those things to the Lord, makes the healing so much quicker. Yeah? I've yielded control of my finances. I've yielded control of my marriage. You know, I had a picture of the way it was meant to go. And, uh, you know, who knows that in the first year of marriage, it's like a sorting out period, you know, where, where mostly you just get sorted out. <laughs> and you think that it's going to be this time of, uh, you know, we, you know, we were all good. We're going into this all good. And we're going to have a merry time of it the first year. Oh, actually, being married to one another, there's another person to consider. And and there's things I, that I actually am learning about myself. And the Lord uses that to actually minister to you. And what do we need to do? Yield. Yield. In ministry, we have a calling and a purpose. And I'm a, control, I'm a control-minded person sometimes, so my calling and my purpose. Okay, great, Lord, you gave me the calling and the purpose. Let me take it from here, Lord. I've got the systems for this. I can do this. I'll set this up and that up and that up. And the Lord's going, hold on. No, no. I wanted to be actually with you in this. Uh, I wanted my spirit to actually guide you in this. Would you, Reuben, just sh- just shh. Yield. Yield, mate. Just chill. Chill out, bro. Yield. And let my spirit lead you in the way that it's meant to be done. Amen? Yeah? And if you get a disappointment, yeah, no surprises. There's disappointments in life. You know, we take joy in the many trials that we face in life. The, the Word tells us the Lord made no secret about it. He wasn't like, let's just send Jesus down there and make them think that it's all going to be good. And as a, or when the trials come up, we'll just, we'll just explain it away. No, he's, He laid it out in His Word. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yep, receive Jesus. It's the only way. I mean, you don't have an option. This is, this is the only way. Um, and it is the best way. And guess what? It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. But praise God, yield to the Holy Spirit because just like water, you will always reach your destination. No matter what gets in your way, no matter how many times you get evaporated and drawn out, dammed up, um, you know, chucked in a bottle, left in the fridge till you're green, you know, whatever it is, eventually that Holy Spirit is going to get you to your destination. Amen? But it starts, it starts with yielding that old man and receiving that new man through the sacrifice that Christ already made.